0: All right, take two. <laughs> What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Feast and Fresh Podcast. I'm your host Dylan Reverley, and today I'm with Chris Jones. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, so, first question I have for you is, why did you start Chris Jones Fitness, and what what even is it?
1: So, what Chris Jones Fitness is, it's pretty much a page where every hour I try it every day. Every day I want to put out a video, either it being a 10-second, 15-second short little thing where it's like motivation. Because that's really what I've always been about, is small quotes mean a lot to me. I've always had like, um, for example, um, I actually have tattooed on me the quote, um, be relentless. Like I love quotes that just mean something to you. And if I can get that message out to others, that's really what I'm all about. I've always said if I can change the mindset of one person, I don't care if it's 10K, 20K, 100K, if I can get one person to change the way they think and do something differently, that's huge for me because I never expected to start doing this consistently or always make a big living out of it. So the page is mainly to help change people's mindsets and get them onto a different path than they might have already been on. So I'll do those little short videos. I do little gym vlogs that are kind of more so sort of fun but still just to show people to have fun with the gym, get out there, do whatever you want. So the page is really just something I started out of my own interest because I love the gym. So I just wanted to get my name out there and almost change people's ideas of how they go on with life.
0: Mm. That's really cool. I like that. And I think that it's very important to, to get that good environment feel around the gym because a lot of people think that it's a very toxic like community, but it's not. And I think once you join the gym, then you start to understand that it's a very friendly and open open community that people want to be want to drag people into not drag people but like but yeah, yeah, like, yeah. gravitate people into yeah. and make them make them enjoy coming and i think the reason that it's such a very very uh powerful community to be a part of is because you all have one certain mindset and i think we're so, <laughs> disclaimer for people: this is our second turn, a uh, second try on it. I wasn't gonna say anything, but uh, we're we're like kind of s- snowballing here because we're we or I forgot to <laughs> press the record button uh, on the first one. So just bear with us; we're trying to uh, trying to get it rolling again. But so I like well, this is what you said in the first try was that it's you're all coming together because you all have the same mindset. Now explain to me what what that means to you. So
1: everyone thinks the gym is something where you've, as you said, you've got to get dragged there. Like it's not something you're always happy to be there about. But I'm I'm telling you, the moment you get in the gym, everyone's so happy to be there. Like you're always going to meet new people, have conversations, have fun with it. Mm. Everyone's always willing to talk to you. It's not something where everyone's so stone cold sitting in the corner, like shaking for pre-workout, like dialed in, that's not how it is. Like that's how a lot of people think it is because some people I will say make it seem like that, but it really is like when you get in there, you're gonna make friendships, people are gonna welcome you in, they're willing to help you either with like your form, tell you what to do, or just aid you in the gym process if you're new. It's something that very, it helps you along the way because I was never a big into the gym like four or five years ago, I really wasn't. But once I started playing football, a lot of the kids around me was were welcoming me and telling me what to do, giving me tips, advice. It's something like, don't be scared to go. If you if you want to start going to the gym and change yourself mentally and physically, it's not something that should be scary. That should push you away from going. It just if you just dive right in, people are going to welcome you. It's it's bound to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I think that. Something that's very important to do when you're first going is to have someone else there, not only to keep you accountable because that's very important. Because you need some, you need to be consistent to go to the gym to look good and feel good, but because that's the number one thing. But it's also about having someone else there to kind of have that camaraderie. Um, I know it's going going there from my experience. Uh, it's a very opening place. You won't get judged, but sometimes you... It's not just like, oh, I'm at the gym. It's all sunshine and rainbows. No, like, people are locked in. People are doing their own thing. So, I mean, don't go up to someone while they're mid-workout and be like, hey, man, great to meet you. Yeah. Like, don't do that. Like, everyone's... The reason why I think it's very powerful there is because everyone's there for a reason. That's why it's such an opening place because you're everyone's there to improve. Everyone's there to get better. But that is why it's opening because we all have the same mindset to improve and get better so but if you get in the middle of them improving and getting better then they start getting (laughs) better yeah so i would definitely say join with someone to be your like gym buddy for a little bit and then go go on your own way and i think that that is a is a a solid way to start the gym.
1: Exactly, yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you, ask you actually, because you brought me on here, Feast and Fresh, this is what you're about. What is, Feast and Fresh, what's your goal? Like, where do you want to get this to? Because you were actually just talking to me right before this, you said you have a lot of things around here, like you want to, you have goals in mind. You have those goals, you have very motivational quotes, as I was saying, you've got those too. But well, you even brought it up to me this this 10K right above us. Yeah. You have goals in mind, what is the goal of Feast & Fresh? Where do you wanna to get to, where do you wanna be?
0: Yes, so Feast & Fresh, I know from the very beginning that I started it, I kinda of started it for myself and I made it uh, a thing where it keeps me in check, you know? I, well, I made it so I can start eating healthy and exercising and improving better. Uh, to, to post videos about me improving um and mainly having people to look at me and being like, Come on, like kinda cheering me on almost like keeping me accountable. But as it kinda as time went by, I kinda understood that life isn't all about me and I feel like everyone kinda goes to that point where it's like, it's not all about you, bro. Like kind of help other people. So I, I got into the headspace that I could use this platform that I created for myself to help other people and Uh, That's what I'm trying to do from now on, is help other people improve. Improvement is the word that Feast and Fresh kind of coincides with. I want everyone to think when you say Feast and Fresh, you mean improvement. So you're feasting for fresh. You are striving for a better you, is kind of what I like to say when it comes to Feast and Fresh and breaking it down. Um, I think that it's very, very slept on to improve i feel like it's a very cliche term like oh i'm, I'm gonna go improve today like at, at this at hood college where i went they had this saying where it was like get one percent better every day it it was said so much that it became a nuisance to me and i didn't like when people said it because it was so cliche and i'm not a fan of cliches because it's so so like original and it's so boring so i i was like i don't want to have that but then now i'm like Improvement's everything. If you do improve, then you become the best version of yourself, and that's the most important thing. So that whether you're in the gym improving, whether you're reading improving, whether it's through mixed martial arts or whatever, or making money, doing whatever you want to do to improve, that is what Feast and Fresh coincides with, is improvement. And it's pursuit of improvement. So those are also three things that I kind of live by that I, I want to get deeper into with you, is pursuit of... So pursuit of improvement would be like the kind of like the father of like three children is how I like to say So like the father's here and then three children. So the first one is Pursuit of happiness and then it's pursuit of so then it's pursuit of purpose and then it's pursuit of financial freedom And I think that with these three different things all under pursuit of improvement because they all create improvement so happiness freedom financial freedom and purpose Underneath all of that is improvement that if you follow those three pursuits So you're actively going after it then you will be the most successful person in every single category and That's kind of where I want to go with with the 10k is I want to grow my platform feast and fresh whether it's followers subscribers to 10,000 followers and to help as many people as possible with the platform that I've created to improve and to help other people improve. And I have a very big surprise for you guys once I hit 10,000 followers. So make sure that you hit the follow or subscribe button and just wait for 10k. It's going to be big. It's going to be big. But for you you're at what? 3,000 something. 3.3k
1: like on, on right TikTok. There, yeah.
0: Okay, nice. Yeah. So what was that like building up to that point? Cuz I remember we were talking before this that you mainly started off with like the football videos. Did that help the growth of it, or did the was it the fitness that helped?
1: It definitely was the football. That's kind of where I started. I was always making either funny jokes about the NFL players, teams, stuff like that, or even like fantasy football. I would just do updates, uh, little reviews, stuff like that. But I also had um, like two, three videos like from football where they had like hundred k views, hundred twenty k views, and that's mainly where my followers came from like I think I had one video get like 190k and I got 2,000 2,500 from that one video itself so like most of the followers I have are from football but now I'm trying to change that platform a little bit to move it over so it's definitely difficult because like most people who follow me came from football that's what they started as but now having a transition it's a little difficult because either people lose attention or they're like this is not what I came for so now I'm it almost feels like I have zero followers because I kind of have to build a new foundation, mm-hmm. build a new idea of what my page is about. So, it's been a little difficult right now, but now we're strictly fitness, trying to post every day. Uh, do try to, I always say I do daily gym vlogs, but like I maybe post every other day or every other two days, uh-huh. but I always say, um, so that's kind of my big thing now is I do a lot of gym vlogs and that's what I have fun with. So that's what I've been trying to stick to now.
0: Good, good. And- you, did you feel once you got that video to, to get that big? I know it was football, but did you feel like a high for that from that?
1: Oh, my God. That, like, I, it was the greatest feeling. I didn't shut up about it. I I, always, I was talking to it. every like comment, sh- everything I kept getting. I was always either texting my mom, friends, dad. I was go, going crazy about it. I was so happy. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, like I can like I can do something with this. Like I, I can keep going along, getting these kind of views, followers. I really thought I was going to be able to make a consistent page, but I'm going to tell you this. If you guys ever get one video that goes crazy, don't get me wrong. It's amazing. You love to see it. It's not going to always be like that. You're not going to like, I'm not getting the consistent hundred K views now. So I, a lesson I kind of learned from that is, is to not dwell on the one video. Cause I sat on that video for like a month. Like I was like, man, so like. I've always learned like a lesson from that is like don't dwell on those videos because it's not you're not going to get those consistent views until you get to a certain point where you got those like 10k followers 20k that's when you're going to see start seeing the consistency so when it comes to those videos just stay like day to day don't keep looking back on those few videos that either did bad good whatever stuff like that just keep improving your videos, keep staying consistent, and always trying to improve on your days before. Cause it's not, you're not always gonna get those days. It's, not, it's, it's gonna happen. So for anyone who wants to start getting into the filming, social media kind of industry, just always focus on your own videos and focus on what's about to come next. Cause you're not gonna be able to change the past.
0: Hmm. I like that. You're not gonna be able to change the past. That's really good. I think that when it comes to that, when it comes to the posting the videos, I think it's very, very crucial to understand that it's it should be less about the views and more about the the change that you're trying to make. And I, th- we, you taught, you said this before. You said even if there's a hundred thousand views, if I'm able to change one person's life or whatever mindset, then that's all I'm trying to accomplish. And I think this is something that I've learned from because I started posting content in like 2019. So i underst- like I I think that's when you probably started too, right around there, right? Yeah. So when I started, I was like, Oh like damn, I'm only getting like four hundred views or whatever. That was like yeah. before that was before reels. Exactly, but yeah. um yeah, so I was getting like four hundred views and I was like kinda discouraged but then one day I was at Turkeybrook, someone came up to me who will remain unnamed, came up to me and he was like, bro, this is when I, this was like over COVID where I was like posting the workout videos. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. But he came up to me. He's like, bro, you've like changed my life. You helped me so much when like cause every time I wake up and I see your whether it's like a motivational video or a workout, I know that there's like good in the world because that was when the shit went to hell. Yeah. And I was like that motivated me up until now, you know? every time I think back to that I'm like every time that I'm struggling to make content I think back to that I'm like remember how good that felt and it wasn't a it wasn't a, a personal feel good thing it, like it was I'm helping someone else in a way that I can't even describe and it that was a feeling that will keep me high forever I think and that's something that I always want to chase so it's not as much about the views and it's more about what views you can change the life of or change the mindset of and help. And I think that is the most important thing about creating content.
1: That, that's actually such a good point you bring up because if you have even like a few people walk up to you and say something, it's, it's the greatest feeling ever. Even like, for example, like in my situation, like a lot of the friends I have, I would say like a few of them, like they notice my videos, like I, I I always have people consistently liking the videos, noticing, commenting, saying something, even in person. People don't realize how much that means. Like the quick conversation you'll have with the person, it just seems like, oh, thank you. Like I really, I really, I really appreciate it. But later on, it's like it truly does mean something. To hear those words from someone else is like really encouraging because if you don't hear it too often that your videos are doing a difference, to hear it even once in like a year, it, it gives you that extra boost to, like, keep going. Yeah. Because I'm not, like, there was a point where I was, like, these videos are going nowhere. I'm getting nothing. Like, nothing's yeah. happening. Uh-huh. Nothing at all. But then one day, I also had someone walk up to me, one of my close friends, and f- quote for quote, they said, I have no doubt that if you keep doing what you're doing, you're, you're going to get to where you want to be. And the moment I heard those words, it, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. That That's kind of where it started, the whole idea, as you said, like, change one view, that's where that started. So people, like, it, it really makes a difference when you hear those few words from someone like appreciating your videos, it really means a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah, it goes so far. And I think that, because you've spent time like editing, and I bet the editing of the gym vlogs are probably pretty hard, I don't know. Are, are gonna, they difficult? I'm
1: not gonna lie, the, the way I do it is kind of funny. So <laughs> I'll, I'll record the video the day of, I'm in, I'm in the gym for I'd say, like do actual weights maybe for like an hour and a half, I'll say, and then I do thirty minutes of cardio at the end. So if I'm doing like bike or thirty stuff, minutes,
0: yeah. What do you do?
1: I always change it up, so I'm either doing an incline on the treadmill
0: for a like thirty-minute walk. Like
1: 10, 10 incline, like Jeez. three speed, and then okay, uh, do that for thirty minutes, or I'll do a thirty-minute bike, like cycle, and that'll come out to like seven miles or something like
0: that. Okay, but sorry to go off topic, but how does that? How has that been? Is that like? Cardio? Have you seen like tremendous results with the cardio so, after? Because I know it's a hugely debated topic where it's like, do I do cardio before my workout or cardio after? And I'm a proponent of doing it after, but what do you think?
1: Yeah, I always do it after. That's definitely my thing. It depends on, it depends on what, you're, what you're trying to do. If you're doing cardio before, I think it's more so like a warm-up. So, like, I would only be on. If, it, if I was to do it before, I'd only be on for, like, five minutes mm. it's a but
0: nothing more than that i no, think. no, no, no. yeah even for legs like i do a, i do a like five on the bike and like i do four four minutes where i'm walking two minutes and then backwards two minutes yeah just to warm up the knees but anything more than that i feel like it's it's too much because you're like almost getting tired before mm-hmm. you work out
1: yeah, it's, yeah no, i wouldn't really ever go above even like yeah about five minutes i wouldn't even do because that's like that You're getting to the point where you're doing like legitimate cardio where that's kind of at the end, you're trying to do fat burning. If you're just trying to warm up, like that's a quick five minutes. Mm. But I'd say, the, the, and like you said, like it, it is very controversial if it actually does help. I Like for a year, I've been trying to lose weight. And I've now gone to the point where for guys, especially, you always have the issue of like the love handles, the chest fat. You get all of those kind of issues. And it's been a year now and I'm still having those issues. So, like, don't get me wrong, I lost, a, I lost weight, I lost fat, it definitely worked, but I'm, not, like, I'm getting to the point where I'm, I'm starting to rethink myself, like, do I need to doing this? Like, Is it yeah. worth doing it? Uh-huh. I don't know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a tough topic, because, like, and I hate cardio, I hate it, I don't like any part of it, at all, I never like doing it.
0: But now, tell me this, since you've lost weight and got, almost, like, gotten better at cardio, do you like it more than you did?
1: Oh, easily.
0: Significantly, mean, right? Oh
1: my god, it's crazy. Because when you when you weigh more before, it's like it was harder to do cardio. It was like you got a lot, you got tired a lot easier. So now it's like you can do longer, you can do more distance, more time. So it's definitely more enjoyable because you can do it. But it's still like the idea of like, oh my god, like that's like half my sweat is just straight that, and it's even it's like a quarter of my workout, but that's where I'm sweating the most. Yeah. So okay. it's like. I wouldn't say like I hate cardio now, but I definitely have a little bit of like I'd say appreciation for it because I know where it got me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's like it's brutal.
0: So yeah, this is where this is where I get I get stuffy because a lot of people say they hate cardio, and I feel like that's because they're <laughs> that means they're bad at cardio. It's because if they hate it, that means that they're not they're not finding enjoyment. I think that because this I experienced this too. I used to hate running, I used to like just not be, I actually went through spurts, so like I was a huge fan of running from like 7th grade all the way to like sophomore year, but then sophomore year, that's when I started to like bulk up a little bit, I went from like 160 to 185, and I stopped running up until this past summer, and this summer, in the beginning, I hated running, but then, not, then like when I, like towards the end of my cut, I loved it, I was running every single day, and it was so enjoyable. I think that for the people that say they hate cardio, number one is because they are bad at it and they need to work on getting better at it. And also, they don't understand what kind of headspace that that puts you in. It, As much as lifting weights helps, cardio creates so much blood flow, whether it's like, you can even say this is like the same case with yoga, like people, oh, I hate yoga, I hate stretching, all that sort of shit, it's because it challenges you in a way that weightlifting doesn't. It's like, cause weightlifting, you can go balls to the wall, being like, like listening to me, "I Feel Nothing," like just like pushing out whatever maximum effort you can. But when it comes to running or yoga, it's that's where it's more of a mental challenge, and okay. that's that's what we're we're talking about.
1: Oh, it. No, no, you hit that literally spot on. Cause like, I'll admit it. I, I hate cardio because I'm not good at it. Like I can't. I cannot run for the life of me. I've never. I've never been a long-distance time kind of runner. That's why I also hated it. But as you said, it really... its Cardio is so much more mindset than people think it is. Because you're going to get... Like, most runners get tired... Like, not I wouldn't say quick, but, like... No runner is not tired at all the whole time. Like, it, you're going to get tired. Mm-hmm. So, like, most of those kind of people have to get over that barrier. That's, like... For, for, not pain. But, like, forget the tiredness. Forget it. you got to get it done. It's always something... Because, as you said, with lifting... It's so much quicker. Each set is like no set goes over past a minute. If you if you're doing I'm sorry, if you're doing a set past a minute, I don't know
0: what you're doing. CrossFitter over here. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give
1: you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, cardio, you really gotta get in the right mindset to fully complete it. Cause there's been a lot of times where I'm trying to run, but like four or five minutes in, I'm like, Screw this. I've i hit the stop button, I'm like, screw I can't do this. I can't do it. Because I'm I'll say I'm not good at it, but like People who run have the right mindset because they are able to keep going those distances and like not stop for like 15, 20 minutes of pure running. And like I, I give them credit because I wish one day I could be like that, but you got to have the right mindset to do that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I find it super impressive how people are able to handle the running and also cold baths, or like ice baths or like cold showers, stuff like that, that I feel like they all are in the same realm because it kind of creates that talk between you and you and it establishes a kind of a hatred for that situation and because it's so it's so seldom and so isolated that you're by yourself and the only thing that you're thinking of is the pain that you're going through and how much longer it's going to take you know so you that's the only thing you're worried about is just getting done with it. But once you're done with it, you feel amazing. amazing yeah. You've never finished like a cardio session or even at the gym or like an ice bath or a cold shower or anything like that, yoga. You never finish and be like, fuck, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. You, never, you never say yeah. that. No. So it's always embrace the suck right now. That's like the whole, uh, we, we had this ROTC like Raider team. That was our, our saying, embrace the suck. Because right now it sucks, but eventually, once you're done with it, it'll feel amazing. Yeah. So I feel like that's the whole mantra towards the gym. Mm-hmm. Now, another question that I have for you is this radio thing that you're doing. I know you're you're going to Seton Hall. What what's your goal for with the with radio? Yeah. So
1: the radio is kind of just like a bridge right now, because. My whole thing, my whole goal in, in just in life in general, it's a it's a high goal but like I want to be an NFL commentator. That's the overall goal. So right now the radio station is just a way for me to get my voice out there, and like to like test my voice out, see any changes I need to make or any ways I can be better with my voice on air, on talent, even just like in front of the camera. So um, even right now, I'm not even doing anything on air right now, or voice, I'm just doing a I'm assisting DJs on the radio right now. Like, I'm not doing anything special. It's nothing, it's nothing fun. I'm only sitting there for two hours and just <laughs> answering phone calls for like 10 seconds. Uh. So it's nothing special right now, but, like, the whole goal of it is I want to be able to get on air and commentate for, like, for example, basketball games, seeing how that's big for us. So if I can commentate that, it'll give me um, experience being able to do that kind of thing because I've already been doing... Uh, some high school football games for a local uh, sports network that we have in our area oh, so cool. I've been able to do a lot of content for them but um, the radio station is actually very helpful because they want to help you out um, any chance they get to give you an opportunity they want you to take it So, like I re- just yesterday I wrote an article about the Tom Brady retirement for the radio station so they're like any chance you get to write an article about anything you want, anything do it, get your name out there, we'll recognize you. So, I'm use, like mainly using this as a way to build a name for myself.
0: Okay, and is that something that you wanna do as well, writing? Or is that just kind of like, also with the building process?
1: Yeah, so like, I've never been a big writer in the first place. Like, like English classes, I've always never been a fan of. I've never liked writing. Mm-hmm. But I will, I will say, when it comes to sports writing, it's something I'm writing about that I enjoy.
0: It's so a different realm.
1: It completely. Like yeah. in high school and college, you have to write about a book that you're forced to read that 90% of the time you
0: hate. It's trash. You yeah. Never o- like it. Always. No, they always pick the worst book somehow. You never
1: picked a book that you liked <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah. So, like, now that I have the freedom of doing whatever I want and write about whatever I want, it's something a lot easier. Do I want it consistently write as a career? Not really. But it's just, it kind of comes with. Building the name for myself like this is the only way I'm going to be able to get up there and people recognize me because when you start writing more It it shows who you are as a speaker almost because you're putting your own words in a document an article like something like that They'll notice like that's how you speak. That's the kind of knowledge you got. So I'm just using that right now to build it up because again what I prefer to do as a career, preferably not, but it's just something I've got to do to get my name out there.
0: Good, good. I love that you have a very high goal of being an NFL commentator, that's great. What is, have you, like besides what you're doing right now, what is other part of the steps to get to that point?
1: Ooh, that's, good. that's actually a really good question. Um, when it comes to this kind of field, it is very hard to get into, very hard, because now a lot of days you see people who commentate are former players Yeah. like you're seeing Greg Olson like Tony Romo they're all doing it now but they're all people who played the sport they got the knowledge of being on the field the experiences and they like that because it makes it more of a relatable and you get deeper knowledge of the sport exactly so being a guy in my my shoes I mean I play football I ain't going to the NFL I'm 5'8", 160, I ain't going to the NFL it ain't happening so It's a lot tougher for me to get to that point. So I think it it makes it. I got to put in more effort. I got to do a lot more than these guys did. Because if you're looking at a choice of guys, you got a guy who played in the NFL, a guy who played football in high school, and then just started writing. Well, okay, whatever. And then you got a guy who just came off the streets and wants to start doing stuff. You're going the NFL guy. It's going to happen. So I think the biggest thing, really, actually, for me right now is. Any chance I get to either get an internship or just e- either get on on any anything because it's really hard. <sighs> There's really not much you can do besides writing, writing, and writing. Because I, I actually talked to one of my parents' friends recently who works for ESPN, so I want to understand like what did he have to do, like mm-hmm. what do I have to do like he did. He literally what he said was write. That's all. <laughs> it's really all I can do because. And they're not going to just take a guy who hasn't had on-air experience. You're going to want a little bit of writing experience to see what you can say. So the main thing is really just writing, writing, writing.
0: So what avenues at Seton Hall can you take to make your writing better?
1: So I actually, literally last semester, I just had a writing for media class. I was able to learn the depths of writing, like what you have to do. Because they're like... People don't realize when you read an article you just see the words on the paper like what they say you listen to it, whatever there is so much that goes into it like things you can't say things you got to abbreviate n- numbers numerical like writing them out it's there's so much that goes into it that people yeah. don't realize so that class i actually just took, took last semester literally i was consistently writing articles reviewing articles depicting apart certain pieces of it so like I can now tell you headline, byline, dateline. Like, I can tell you pieces of the article that now actually really helps me. Because that article I just wrote yesterday, that's where I got most of my information. i like, I knew how to write it. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, actually provides a lot of chances to build on that with classes. And even just like, um, we're big on internships because we're close to the city. So, like, you see a lot of people who get an internship and just take a train immediately right to the city and you're in there, you're doing your internship. Yeah. So seeing Hall has so many opportunities and pathways to go with, with whatever you want to do. So it definitely has so far being a second semester sophomore has helped incredibly with directing me on where to go. Good.
0: Good. That's awesome. I feel like there's so many different avenues for, sports and like especially but that's why it's so important to be good at writing is because there's so many avenues for writing and there's less for being on air yeah. you know and i feel like that it does take into consideration if you were a past nfl player and the same thing with uh mlb too like you see a rod and you see all these like Manny maria maria's all these guys are on like MLB, MLB stuff, M L B network, the NFL, all that sort of stuff. And they're they're running it. They're running it. So it's hard to kind of like sneak your way through to get to that point. Oh it's, yeah. it's incredibly hard. Yeah. I the guy who I always think of, I don't know if you're big on two K like uh, NBA two K. The guy who I always think of is um so there's Shaq, there's Charles Barkley, and then there's like Kenny the Jet. And then there's another guy who's, like, his name's, like, Ernest or something. <laughs> something weird. But he, he's like, has nothing to do with, like, uh, Shaq or or Charles Barkley or Kenny the Jet. They all played in the, the NBA. Yep. But this guy somehow is, like, the leader of the pack. And he's, like, the guy who coordinates everything. He's, like, sitting front and center on the on the show. And it's crazy to think, like, all of these guys didn't have to go through the same shit that that guy probably did exactly. to get to that point. He probably had to be a phenomenal writer, go get coffee for people. But, like, but for Shaq, he gets those million-dollar checks and then be able to go right into oh, commentating. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so much harder. Exactly. To, so
1: like, you can see like a lot of these players get contracts immediately. Like, once they retire, like, they are set up right away with ESPN networks like that. Like, I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere, I think, when Tom Brady retired. He's, like, he's going to the ESPN I'm pretty sure yeah. like that. It's like, yeah. man, he retired yesterday. Yeah. Like, he's already going play. Like, it's... Exactly. It's insane. I don't want to say, like, they're giving things, but, like, like, they worked hard. They got to the position they are, and, like, with the position they are, they can go so many different ways. They can completely retire, or they can... Build off now, go to things like this, like with Shaq, Tom Brady. A lot of people are doing it now. It's like, I give you guys credit, but I'm like, get out of my way. I'm, I'm trying to get there too. Like, Make some spaces for the rest of us. But yeah. I, I give credit to them. They're, they're great.
0: I think the thing with that, and this is in all facets of life, whether it's like you're trying to start your own business or trying to work your way up, is it's all about the value that you bring. So if Tom Brady, say if it was a competition, competition between Tom Brady, when he's 60, being a commentator, compared to you when you're 30, right? Even though you have so much knowledge about the game, it's Tom Brady. So, all of America is not going to want to listen to you compared to Tom Brady. So, it's more about the value that you bring. Now, if that guy, Er Ernesto or whatever, the guy who's in between Shaq and and Charles Barkley, is bringing so much value to the table, that Shaq and Charles Barkley don't know and even people behind the camera don't know about, then that is why he's there. So if you enable, if you put yourself in a position to have and to create so much value that you are able to outshine even people like Tom Brady and Tony Romo, then that is when you'll start to get to that position. That is the same with with business. If you want to get, like say if I wanna get Feast and Fresh, to get 10,000 followers or even like say 10 million followers and I'm trying to compete with like a w- whatever say if two gyms are trying to compete and one's a shitty gym and one's a really good gym that has that brings value to their customers but one it doesn't which one's going to have more customers yeah. the one that brings value so it's all about what value can you bring to the table yeah. and that's goes for everything
1: and even kind of, it kind of goes back to the idea of how we're talking about at the beginning like your your mindset if that guy, as you said, like has all that value, but doesn't have the right mindset of, like, I want to get this done, you're holding so much potential behind behind your head. Like, you have so much knowledge that you, you can give out there, but you got to have the right idea of, like, I want to get this done. Like, I want to get to that point. Hmm. And obviously, that one guy, whoever, we still don't know his name, whatever, Ernesto, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. Comment, comment below. That? <laughs> <laughs> but. He knew the knowledge and he knew what he can do with that knowledge. Yeah. And now look at him now. He's like yeah. front center, where everyone wants to be. Like he knew where he wanted to be and he used that right mindset.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And so I want to kind of take a detour from that and look at how far you've come from the person that you were, say junior year of high school compared to who you are now. What is the biggest difference that you've seen through this? What is it? Three year difference three year gap?
1: The biggest thing I would say is that I know where I want to be. I know my goals. I know, and I know how I need to get there. When I was a junior, I was I was nothing about college at all. Like in the slightest, I was trying to have fun, and that was even like the beginning of COVID. So like everything hit, and I was like, "What can I do? Like there's not much to do. Everything's locked down. You can't go anywhere." So I was just trying to. I was taking that time to just have fun, be with my friends, <laughs> video games. I was a dire, I was in that basement, hours and hours and hours on end, like not thinking, not having a care in the world, just playing video games with the boys.
0: Do you ever regret that time?
1: Ooh. So yes and no, the reason no is because, like there are some like good experiences I've had, just hanging out with the guys, talking, like it's fun. Don't get me wrong, it's so much fun. But at the same time, like looking back at it now, I wasted so much time there was so much where I could have like gone out done something like whether it be start my gym process earlier be more strict about it or even just like trying to make my path more clear because at that point again I never the college I didn't even think about it in the slightest didn't care for it barely even thought an ounce about it but now it's like if I put so much more effort into it before much more planning I feel like I would know so much earlier I feel like Freshman year of college, I would have been making moves because I would have known what I wanted. But I didn't start thinking really till like sophomore beginning of sophomore year. So like, I wouldn't use the word regret. I'll use the word more so. Not the word, but like I enjoyed those times, but now they're in the past. Like they're gone. Like I can't be that same person now. Like don't get me wrong, I still play video games here and there, talk to the guys and all that, have fun. But it's not like a consistent hours and hours of playing it Mm -hmm. it's more so like you're a college student you're 20 years old you got to get stuff done so i've been more so in that mindset of like i'm an adult now i i need to make my living come to come to reality
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's a very important flip of the switch to happen for college students especially around this age i feel like a lot of people started it sometimes earlier but now is kind of where you're like holy shit. I'm like, oh my God, where, where am I going with my life right now? And that is when you kind of like awaken and you're like, all right, this is what I have to do to get to here and that's why I, that's what I want to do. Um, for me, I had a very big problem with video games freshman year of high school. And this was over the summer. Summertime, if you know me, I'm obsessed with summer. Summer's like by far my favorite. I, I live for summer, Like I hate the winter, I hate the cold, but I get through it all thinking of the summer and I wasted it through video games. And thinking back to it, I like what you're saying, what, like it's in the past, I can't change it. However, something like that would always get to me until recently where I kinda just understood that it's in the past, I can't do anything about it, what can I do in the future to change it? And now I understand that I will, well, I, I kind of got this feeling immediately right after I like kind of got out of that phase of playing video games all the time. Because I would literally, over the summer, wake up, whatever, noon, get on P- uh, it was PS4, get on PS4. It was like when the Fortnite thing was all going on, yeah. like 2017, I would play up until like five. I'd play for like five hours. Then I'd go like play baseball. But then I would come back and play up until like 2 a.m., And it was just such a time waster. I wasted so much time. And the one biggest thing that I kind of noticed was even though it was so much fun playing with the boys, playing whatever, you're just kind of chilling, you don't make memories that way compared to making memories when you're actually out there living, you know? The, The memories that you make when you're playing video games, like yeah, in the moment, like oh, you're making fun of your boy with the headphones on, it's so much fun, so cool. But then once you take it off and turn off the the computer, it's like, or the Xbox, whatever, you're like, what the fuck would I just do for five hours? You kind of just like look around and you're like, was I just a zombie? Was I just like in a PC like game? Like that's, that's not, I literally made a pack with myself that I will never do that again after freshman year. And I haven't since. I like literally, I don't even know where my PS4 is. It's like packed away somewhere. And the only other time I play is, like, with my brother. And it's, we just play, like, Madden, and it's just, like, an, an, a bonding thing where I, like, I know that the purpose of it is just to bond and it's just having fun at the same time. But uh, never again will I make that mistake of playing video games. And I think that I'm, I will forever, until till I'm dead, preach that to other people, that video games are terrible for you. I think that if you play video games, it's just a huge waste of your time. And that you should just get up and live your life, especially if you're younger.
1: Especially because, like, as you actually actually, you just brought up, like, as a kid, I feel like we were brought up on that. Like, we were brought up on video games coming up, like, consoles coming out, games coming out, and like our parents, like, they wanted us to have fun, like, and they were like, "Oh, let's try this stuff out." Like for Christmas, you got this kind of gifts. It's like we were brought up on that idea of like go sit in the basement play games for a few hours come back up eat dinner go back downstairs Mm -hmm. like we were kind of growing up on that but like people nowadays and like I see kids like kids are so like video game like heavy like they're hungry for it like if you take it away they are like lost like they got nothing to do like they'll just sit there like I do like people are so lost without video games and it's like there's so much more to do than just video games like as you said, go outside, play something, go for a walk even. Just like something like... There's so much more than just the dark basement and the bright TV screen. There's so much more than just sitting in the basement.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think that it's kind of evolved from our, our like generation or our age group to instead playing video games, it's also like TikTok and Instagram and just scrolling. Um, I think that once you understand that you are attached or addicted to something like that, then you should be able to kind of mindfuck yourself to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did, and I suggest everyone else to do that. But it kind of makes me think as a parent. Like, obviously I'm not a parent yet, but eventually I want to be. And I I, I kind of challenge my myself and my mind to think, Okay, if my kid is having the addiction of playing video games too much or is, is constantly scrolling through TikTok, scrolling through Instagram, whatever it is, what would I do as a parent in that situation? Because my parents just, like, wanted me to have fun, wanted me to do what's, what's best for me. And, uh, and honestly, freshman year, like, what else can you do? Like, to, you can't really start – you can start a business freshman year, but, like, it's not you're – not, you're not expected to do anything yeah. great with – with your life a freshman year. Um, and But then I came to terms with myself and I started hating it for me. Now, th- this is where I wonder if my parents were to step in and be like, stop playing video games, like you're you're effing loser, stop doing that. Then I feel like I would've been turned away from my parents because of that addiction from the video games that I'd want to do it more. They'd be like, oh, my parents don't want me to play, I'll play even more. But because I came to that own realization that I didn't want to play video games anymore because I was wasting so much time is why I actually turned away from it. And that's I feel like that works for everything when it comes to diet. You don't want someone to scream in your face and be like, you can't eat that, you can't eat that. Because when someone says you can't do it, you want to do it. You know? So it's it's more of a understanding that you need to come to terms with anything that you do bad and kind of flip it around.
1: Mm-hmm. Actually, it's a great like idea that you brought that up what's your this is a little, slightly little topic but like you brought up the idea of like people yelling at you screaming in your face like you're not going to want to do it when someone is like, like like you to that what's your opinion on the whole idea of a personal trainer dietitian people who are, are like telling you what to do how to do it things the right way to do it like what's your opinion because like, i've always been kind of torn on that like i see people have personal trainers and like have them help them out I'm always for helping out in the gym or anything, dietitian something like that. But like you bring up a good point, like constantly having the person in your face telling you this is how you need to do it. What's your mm-hmm. opinion on those?
0: So here's what I think. I think that if you were to have, like, I think this goes back to when you're first starting in the gym and you have an accountable buddy and you have a gym partner. You need a, a person, if you are struggling with your diet or struggling with your workout, then you need someone to be able to push you. And if you don't have someone in your life that you've created in your environment to push you like that, I think that's where personal trainers have a perfect job of stepping in. Um, that's why I think it's like a billion dollar business because there's a lot of people like that. And, I, or a billion dollar industry, not business. But I think that people, once you get to the level that kind of we're at, and you're like, I guess amateur gym goers, we're not, we're not like sea bum, but we're not like only going one once a month. Then you don't need that. That's kind of like become obsolete for you. So I think that is very good in the beginning. And if you struggle with getting to a point where you don't really have that. The hardcore like schedule of going to the gym every single day then you need that however this is so I think that's very important to get started however if you also want to train very very hard or you have a tight schedule and you can afford paying for a personal trainer then I would suggest it because not having a personal trainer that like screaming in your face is like is good I got like If I was a personal trainer, I wouldn't do that. I'd just be like, hey, this is what we're doing today. Give it everything you got. I'm going to be here kind of assisting you with that. But just know that me, my presence standing here should mean more to you than me screaming at you. Because I don't know about for you, but for me, if I see someone that I like, I know, or someone that I want to like impress, I like, I'm like, oh, I got to get, I got to hit this PR, you know? And it's it's not about them screaming at me it's more about their presence and I feel like presence goes a long way yeah in everything
1: yeah oh, I, I completely get that like when it comes to the gym especially I wouldn't say you wanna outperform others or just be better than others it is like at some points the gym does kind of become like a competition almost cause you always see like videos online where people say oh my, my gym bro's repping my max or something like that like it. it it doesn't have to be a competition, but like at some point it does kind of get like that. So like having the people near you, the presence of just being there, like you, you want to, you want to be better. You want to do more. So like it's, it's definitely a lot different experience compared to when you're like, you're going on your own or with someone and just having the presence there. But um, I actually wanted to kind of go back to the, the uh, ideas that you were talking about before with, you were saying the branches, like improvement mm, and then the yes. branches of happiness. And you said there were two more, but yes. I want to go back to those ideas. Cause like, when you brought that up, like that's like, it's a good point. Like when everyone thinks of improvement, they just see that. But like, there's so many things that you can improve on, or that that can help that improvement. Like when you when you look at that branch, like like what does that mean to you? Like what does each branch truly personally mean to you?
0: Yes, exactly. That's a great question. So, yeah. So I I kind of started it when I was journaling, and I really found that. The most important things in my life were kind of surrounded around three things that were going to lead me towards success. So I think that in the society that we are living in today, without money, you're kind of nothing. Um, I think that money it means more than anyone even thinks. Because I know there's a lot of money junkies out there but like that kind of take a little too far That's why I think there's other two help balance it out. But I think that having financial freedom is the key to just feeling free. And having the feeling of free, like freedom, is is an impeccable feeling. You want to feel free. You don't want to feel constricted at all. So being able to have financial freedom, then you'll be able to explore the world and do whatever you want. That's why I think that branch is so important. Uh, And then it's Pursuit of Purpose. This is my favorite one. I think pursuit of purpose is the most important thing because if you don't know why you're here and you're living in life, then you're just kind of walking around with a blindfold on. You're not focused on your your purpose in life. You're not here for your passion. And once you find your purpose, you start to wake up and enjoying your life every single day.
1: I actually love how you bring that up because I've always said that... Everyone here or everyone who lives has a purpose. You're born for a reason. And it might take you a while to find it, but you have something here that you were meant to be here for. So once you find that one thing, run with it. So I love how you brought that up.
0: Yeah, exactly. And once you find that thing, you will see so much happiness. And not only will the happiness come within yourself, your environment will change because instinctively you hear like all the successful people talk on like YouTube and Instagram, whatever, and they say, Oh yeah, I cut this person out of my life. He's been in my life for thirteen years and I cut him out of my life. You're like, Whoa, dude, why would you ever do that to someone? It's because of they found their purpose. That's what I truly believe. I think that if you find your purpose, then there are people that you start to notice and you're like, hey, listen, bro, like we don't really align with any of our beliefs or ideas and quite honestly everything you say to me is kind of tearing me down so i don't want to be surrounded by it and that could that's probably the hardest thing you could possibly do and but once you do it you start to live more free and that's why i think purpose is very important and then happiness i think that if you're not happy life is useless you know you need to be able to have that purpose and have that financial freedom and, but without that happiness those two don't matter and I but I think that with through your purpose and with the freedom I think that you will achieve happiness, but when it comes to that I tried to break it down into different categories. So I thought to myself this in my journaling process. I was like, okay What are the five things that I truly value the most in my life? And I was like, okay, it's my relationships my health my like my businesses, so like money, um, it was my God, religion. I'm a Christian. and it was um, I think it was my mindset. So or no, yeah, so it was like spiritual. So it's like spiritual through like religion and mindset. So I was like, okay, so businesses would be under financial freedom, and purpose would be through, My health, because I I pursued, I constantly want to be better. I constantly want to be more fit and eat better and feel better. And then through like my relationships and spirituality is through happiness. Because I feel like without good relationships or without relationships in general, life is useless. Life is nothing. Um, And I think the biggest part of this whole branch is the pursuits. I think that pursuit of improvement and pursuit of financial freedom, pursuit of purpose, pursuit of happiness are are so f- phenomenally worded because they are things that may not be attainable. And I think that is so in- incredibly to think of because if you say I want to pursue financial freedom. Okay, what is financial freedom? Oh, $10 million. And then I'm like, oh, what about this really what about this house that's five million dollars? And you have this budget. Alright, well then $15 million. And you're like, oh, then you bring up another point. It's like more money, more money, more money. So you keep pursuing something that is maybe unattainable. And that's the same thing with purpose. If you find your purpose to be the fittest man alive, what is you can't label that. You can't label the fittest man alive. You can't label having having the most successful business. You can't label that. And even if you can label it, like say I want to be the richest man alive and you become Elon Musk one day, Elon Musk is only going to be there for so long. You know, it's it's not going to be long until someone else comes up with this brand new idea that he, then he's going to be worth $500 billion. You know, so it's, it's constantly a pursuit. You're constantly trying to attain something that may not be possible, to, possibly to attain. And I think that that kind of stems from Matthew McConaughey's speech where he's like, my hero is me in 10 years. And then 10 years later, he's like, are you your hero? He's like, not even close. I'm not. He's like, 10 more years. And you're just constantly chasing this perfect person that you'll never be able to attain. But I think that's good because you shoot for the stars or you shoot for the moon, you'll hit the stars. That's what say.
1: I, I actually, like, that uh, like speech out of him might have been, like, the one of mo- like, one of the most motivational things I've ever listened to in my life. Because... Everyone always says the iconic, like, oh, my hero's my dad, my mom, I fit like, all of that. Like, you always hear that. But the moment he said it and the way he said it was almost, like, the most relatable thing, like, I've ever heard. Like, you always imagine yourself getting to a certain point and either looking at it or being in a certain position or whatever you want. But when you get to that point, are you just done? Mm. You, you can't live, like, a, a mind or, like, a life like that. And to have him say it publicly and actually like hear it from someone else other than just maybe me, it really clicks. Like that, that is like the way you kind of have to live because you have to always strive for more and look for more. And that's exactly what he did. And even when it got to that point, he wasn't done. So yeah, I love how you brought that up because that's one of my favorite videos I've ever watched. I yeah, love that. Yeah. And then you said, when it comes to the branches, I wanna ask you what is the connection between because I, I see a huge connection between the pursuit of happiness and the pursuit of purpose. Cause I believe if, once you find that purpose, the happiness is gonna slowly trail behind. Mm-hmm. Cause once I started doing all the videos, I thought that was my purpose is to get get my name out there and make a difference. Mm-hmm. And I started getting that happiness. So like, do you find a good connection between purpose and happiness?
0: I find a huge connection between purpose and happiness, and believe it or not, financial freedom, I think they all interlock, the reason why I think that those two are very special is because, I think they're all, they're both also transactional, so, your purpose can, I feel like, actually no, your, your happiness is transactional, but your purpose is always there, so I think that, with having a purpose that's constantly there, and, but, that that hap or that purpose gives you joy compared to happiness, and this is this is where it gets kind of like iffy. So try and follow. Bear with me here. Um, I try and differentiate happiness and joy, or being joyful. Happy and joy. What's the difference, right? I think that happiness is a transactional thing. Like you get a two hundred thousand dollar or two hundred thousand views on your thing and. 2,000 followers right that's that brings you happiness that brings you joy, but you say you don't want to dwell on it So the happiness spikes up, but then it drops down because you don't want to dwell on it Or just in general it spikes up and then like two weeks later It just drops because it's no longer fresh no longer brand new news and I think that's the opposite with joy. I think that it's more of a consistent thing where it's like I may not be happy with my situation right now, but I'm I'm joyful with my life. And I think that's where the I I made this connection with like how how much I love summer compared to how much I love winter or I hate winter. And even though I love summer, I'm still joyful over the winter because I know summer's coming back around. And I know that the reason why i love summer so much is because there's a winter. the reason why i value summer so much is because there's a shitty time. so joy is always there because no matter what kind of road you go down, you go down a road that you know you'll always burst through and of pride and happiness or of joy because you are you're pursuing that purpose and you're pursuing something that's greater than that current moment.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I mean, if you, if you don't have a purpose, it's going to be hard to find that happiness. And it, it's always going to be. But, um, so, to go back to the idea of your channel, everything you want to do here, I first want to say, thank you for bringing on. Yeah, of I, course. I absolutely love this. So, with what you're doing here, do you hope to say, because I only see podcasts where they go everywhere, where you see, you got a bunch of different people. You talk to a bunch of different guests. Do you think that's somewhere you want to go? Because I've always seen those ideas where you have so many different people come on that you get so many different perspectives. Because right now, we're only hearing what we think. When you get other people to come on, you get those different perspectives. Do you think that's something you want to do?
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. I, I love talking to people, and I think that... <laughs> And a lot of people actually like when I was at when I was at school. My old roommate he used to like make fun of me because I would always like in a in a loving manner. But I I would I would always say to him as a joke. But actually at at first it wasn't a joke. But then we kind of made it a running joke. I was like, what do you want to do in five years? And it was like it was like what? It was just like a casual college, thing. I was like, what do you want to do in five years? He's like, bro, what the f-? <laughs> What kind of question is that? That's something I have to think about. But that's what I that's the kind of the deep kind of relationships and that deep dialogue that I want to create and I've always had this mindset ever since I was like th- like 13 when I, start- when I first started getting into like motivation and all- working my ass off all that sort of stuff I always kind of strived to have a deeper understanding of like what the world is and like why I'm here and why other people are here and why you and I are having this conversation right now I think that is something that's very important to understand and kind of get the get the knowledge of. And when you start to question yourself into deeper communications, so you're able to fill in the gaps of what you don't know about life. And that's why I want to talk to as many people as possible. Like I have, I have dream guests that I want to have on. Like Patrick Bed David, is my ultimate dream guest. I've been watching him. He is a very uh, motivational person, but he's also an entrepreneur and he is big into bodybuilding. So he is someone who I kind of, he also has like a podcast. He is someone who I aspire to. So I feel like that's very important to have when you're trying to build any sort of base to, to grow. You have to have a role model. You have to have someone you look up to and kind of follow steps to get there.
1: So then we, we've said at the beginning that we talked about the purpose of your page, what you want to do. I want to ask a deeper question hmm. what do you think your purpose is outside of the channel outside of everything you post why do you think you're here what do you think your real purpose is
0: yeah so I feel like everyone has to go through ups and downs when it comes to their purpose I read this book uh, not too long ago called uh, The Way of the Superior Man I highly suggest it for everyone to read and what it talks about is in, in a passage it talks about Making or making the switch from having one deep, deep, deep purpose and switching it to another purpose, and I recently have gone through a situation like that where I, from my since thirteen, being into motivation, but the main thing was baseball. Since I was like seven years old, I got cut from the travel baseball team. I, I was trying out for the eight team, and I was seven years old, and I didn't get, I didn't make it. Ever since then, there was a fire lit inside of me to become the best baseball player I could possibly be. And for 13 years, or 12 years, that was my goal. My, my whole entire life was based around baseball and everything else was kind of put in the back burners. And it came to a point where I was playing in college and that, that I don't know if it was kind of stripped away from me, but that that love and that deep purpose of baseball was kind of dwindling. and I think that the reason why... I believe everything happens for a reason. I think that that purpose got me to where I wanted to be, whether it was through motivation and crafting my, my mind and my, my body in a way that kind of makes me f- like love failing and love improving because of failure. And I think that for right now, I think that my purpose can change. But I think for right now... My purpose is to help as many people improve as possible. And I think that is something that I truly love. I th- but the problem is it's, it's very hard to consistently kind of look for that and, and uh, like be attracted to that because building a platform like, like so is very, very hard and because it's so saturated. And I think that once the once the buildup is there, then you will feel so much better, and you'll you'll actually want to to help people help people improve. But when you are putting in so much time and effort to help people improve, or just to just to create content in general, and you end up getting like 10, 10 likes and five hundred like fifty views. That feels like shit. That feels the opposite of improving, yeah. you know? And I think that the thing that you got you to gotta do is two things. One, like you said in the beginning, is you have to worry about helping other people or just only if one person changes, then that's what you got to focus on. You got to focus on only you and I are talking and only you are the person that I want to help. And that's it. And by doing that, this is number two, you will create more value for yourself. And if you are able to create value in the marketplace or create value in someone else's life, that is when you'll start to, to blow up. And I think for right now, my purpose is to help other people improve. And by doing that, I am improving myself. Whether that's reading, running, working out, boxing, anything, improving. And what about you? How how about that? So,
1: I think I'm at a point where I have yet to fully find it. Cause I I know with what I want to do with my page and the purpose of that is to um, motivate others and change their mindsets. So I think that's part of it. But because I think when it comes to finding your purpose, it's it's a long process. It is. It's not something that you just randomly sit back, laying in bed, and you're like. Got it. I'm I'm good to go. I know what, I know what I'm meant to do now. Yeah, that's not something that you just think of. It's something that's slowly built upon. So I'm still trying to figure out fully what it is. I'm getting there. I think I've got the foundation of what I want to do with my mindset. That's kind of where I'm going to start with that. But it's it's a long process. It's only a long process, which I hope to figure out soon. But um, it's always something I'm hoping to figure out.
0: Good. Yeah, I think that's. Super, super important to to literally. That's why I I highly suggest everyone to journal. Journaling helps so much. Just to, it's that it's like the thing that we were talking about with the cold showers and running. It's kind of the dialogue that you need to have, but like with you. And once you have that dialogue, you will start to learn so much more about yourself that it is insane. And not only that, you'll be able to go back and read. And, like, if you date your journals, like, I have one that's from 2019 that's, like, trying to motivate me. Motivate me. It's, like, bro, it's so cool. I'm, like, reading myself from the past and, like, and I'm, like, essentially writing a letter to myself in the future. That's what you got to think about. Like, I'm journaling right now, but this is kind of going to be a letter to myself in the future. And that's what I'm doing t- also with videos as well. I, this is stuff that I don't post. I kind of just, like... Do like I call it like a, a bi weekly check in. I do it every two weeks and I kinda just record myself talking about like how my life is going. It's kinda like a therapy for me, but no one else is seeing it besides me. And I think that's that's so important because then you could be the most vulnerable person you could possibly be and that's where you'll grow the most.
1: I actually wanted to ask you about the whole journaling thing that's something that I've I've not really gotten into, but I've always wanted to. So like When you say you journal, is it a daily thing, weekly thing? You said you do the the bi weekly videos, but is journaling an everyday thing or is that something you plan out separately? Because it seems like a very, actually, a saw idea that I kind of want to get into.
0: So the way that I look at it is it could be multiple different things. So you can do like daily journals, like kind of like a, it's more of questions that it's like, this, this is what I did that really helped me kind of get in a good mindset and th- kind of establish what I truly value and that's where I came up with these like different branches of pursuits so I think that everyone should get that baseline of finding you can literally just look it up like deep difficult journa- journaling questions and it'll come up like what do you want your best friend to think of you when you die or some shit like that something so deep that you're like whoa I never even thought of that that it makes you think of. And when you start to journal and kind of establish that that mindset of what you're going to be doing in this situation and how you want other people to look at you or how you want to look at yourself or what's the most vulnerable thing about you, anything like that, you start to become more self-confident in yourself because you're getting all of it out. So that's a way to do it. You can look up deep questions and kind of do that on it daily. What I like to do is... Whenever I'm feeling any sort of emotion, whether that's I'm feeling super, super happy or super, super angry or super, super sad or excited, anything, I take 10 minutes and write out my feelings. And the reason why I do that, number one, is because I'm able to control my feelings whenever I do that. I'm able to understand kind of where I was feeling or where I was and what I was feeling. And when you do that, you also are able to go back that's the biggest thing about going back and seeing oh my god I was in this really sad part of my life in oh it says oh it says June 27th fucking 2020 like 20 and I'm reading this whole two pages of me talking about I was had, had a really shitty day got fired I got this F on the test and you're kind of just kind of sulking into that and you're saying okay what can I learn from this and you truly start to establish that understanding of what where you stand in your own life. And I think that's huge.
1: I actually love that because you say you like you jot down your highs and your lows, and you always you you like, you like to look back at them. And when, so when you look back at them, what do you what do you think about when you look back at them? Do you think how can I build off of them, or you do you just reflect on those like little notes? What do you do with the
0: yeah, so honestly, this is a, kind of a flaw that I have. I need to start looking into them when I'm at more of a neutral feeling. Um, but something that I tend to do is whenever I'm feeling that same emotion, I look at the video that I created or read that journal that I wrote. And there's there's two things that kind of happen to me. Number one, I kind of, it's, this is weird to think about, but I kind of relate with myself. And it's almost like, oh, I'm not alone. This guy's feeling like shit, too. But it's really me, yeah. you know? Um, so I, I kind of I feel that connection with myself. But it's like it's like not even me. It's like a, almost like another person. So I don't feel alone. That's number one. And then number two is I kind of feel the opposite of feeling sorry for myself. So I'm like, I look at myself in that situation where I'm like, oh. Oh, my My girlfriend just broke up with me. I got this F. I did this wrong. My mom yelled at me. All this stupid-ass shit. And then you look at it, and you're like, bro, I'm a bitch here. <laughs> and, and, yeah, it's like a tough guy thing that you could do. But, like, no, it's not, first of all. No, it's not. Because I'm writing out my feelings in a journal. It's not a tough guy. <laughs> and then I look back, and I'm like, okay, this guy is not – in the right place i'm not in the right place right now so how can i learn from this guy that's that's going through it and kind of dissect his problem and then use it in my own life and say oh this guy's got a problem with showing too much emotion and he shouldn't really he shouldn't really care about that situation because of that but then i'm like oh shit, that's me i have to do the same exact thing that taking the advice of giving i feel like everyone's better at giving advice to other people and not giving advice to themselves. Oh, yeah. And that's something that I'm trying to work on. And I think that it's it's crazy when, when you start to understand that you just need to take your own advice.
1: And do you think taking your own advice and doing all this journaling, do you think it hasn't definitely helped you? Like going on in life or how do you think? You-
0: so I think that dialogue is important in every single facet. And I think that the reason for that is be- okay, so if you were to break it down into into a specific example where it's like I'm an independent in when it comes to politics, but if I were to take this one Republican candidate and this one Democrat candidate and, and If I had them have a conversation I'm able to take a step back and kind of assess the situation and See what this person is going with and see what this person is going with and decide which one I like the most. So I think that's important because it gives you an outsider perspective. And I think that's the same exact thing when it comes to journaling. I think that if you are going through a certain situation and you write it down and you know that that situation is going to happen in the future, you can kind of take an outsider's perspective and look at it and be like, okay, this is what I was going through. How can I change it? And apply, apply that to my own life. So what I did notice was that it, what may not have been at a direct impact impact towards my mindset, but it, it allowed me to have dialogue with myself that I was not able to do without journaling or without creating videos. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's something that everyone needs to do and you and highly suggest it for everyone.
1: Uh, I love how you actually found that route because a lot of people don't ever know what to do with their emotions so for you to actually like, like willingly come out and like admit like this is what you do and it actually helps mm-hmm. I, I, I give you credit for that because not many people are willing to actually like admit that and like find a different route but you found something it works
0: yeah yeah thank you and then so one, one last thing the journaling this is probably the key the key one that I've done like the journaling exercise that I probably do. there's actually two but I'll, I'll say I'll say one for now um is I kinda put I kinda put myself okay, so let's let's take a step back here. Once you start journaling, I think that we I kind of talked about this, but once you start journaling, you're able to come in touch with your emotions better. And that is super super important. I don't know if you know who Tony Robbins is, but he's kind of a a self-developed person who kind of helps people, a self-improvement person who who advises people in many different uh, like avenues of life. And this is what he said. He said the most powerful kind of tool you can do is stand up straight, like breathe in like super heavy, feel super, super confident, and then start talking like this and shrug your shoulders and feel really sad. So if you're able to control your emotions like that, then it's insane what you can do with your life because you're able to pop in and out of bad moods. Say if I'm in a shitty mood, my, someone just punched me in the face and I gotta go do a presentation to my, to my boss, I can't let someone who punched me in the face or be sitting in traffic and letting that affect that. So if I'm able to be in a shit mood and then go into just shake it off and be a happy person, then that will create so many avenues in my life especially if it's the other way around too if like you had a phenomenal day and you go home to your wife and your wife's like babe I had a really shitty day I'm so like I, I, and then you you're not going to go in like babe my day was the best ever sorry to hear you, you had a great <laughs> bad day but mine was the best you're going to be like oh babe I'm so sorry like my day wasn't that great you're, you're able to control it so this was the thing that helped me the most and I kind of I don't really read back to it because I know exa- it's like imprinted in my head that so I put on really really sad music right and I kind of put my hood on I had like I shrugged over I got in a really sad mood and I wrote out probably like four pages worth of from that point this was in like October of 2021 that I did this I wrote four pages worth of stuff that if from my life right then and there if everything were to go bad if every single thing were to go terribly wrong, what would happen and where would I end up? And I, it ended up with me dying. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, that's a funny way to go about it but it was about it was like a year's worth of shit that goes wrong that if I know if I were to go down that path, then I know, oh my god, this is not good like this is what's, this is what's bad that's happening with my life, you know but then, I flipped it around afterwards and I put really happy music on I took my hood off took my sweatshirt off I like kind of stood up thought happy thoughts and then I did it in a positive way and I noticed that in every from that day on Every single time that I've done something great. I thought back to that moment. I'm like wow I wrote about this like this is a feeling that I want to constantly push forward and to, to actually accomplish and do but when I do something bad, I go back to that and I'm like, damn, nah, I, I, gotta, I gotta change because this is not what I like. This is not what I wanna do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So, and then now with you doing all this kind of stuff, posting videos, stuff like that, do you ever look to your journal to either build ideas in these? Like, do you almost like reflect on your journal for these videos? Do you use your own notes to like either create a
0: conversation or just think of ideas? Yes. Yeah. At one one hundred percent. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of my a lot of my content, a lot of my ideas came from like either motivational talks that I've I've heard or speeches or books that I've read. But then if it wasn't that, then it was my journal. And it was stuff that I didn't think of on the spot. I thought of when I was in the car listening to music and I saw something, I was like I gotta I gotta write this down really quickly or when I was in that when I was in my fields and I was writing it down that is when you come up with the best things and that is yeah that is exactly where that concept comes from
1: yeah and, and the reason I ask that is because I, I, I'll I, admit I am a victim of being someone who constantly goes to like other people or see different ideas for like video like video ideas on TikTok I, like, I'm brutally known for doing that so like that's kind of why I asked about the whole journal thing is because like if that's something I want to start getting into like how beneficial can that be for social media side of things and to hear you say that it's like it definitely helps with these kind of ideas mm-hmm. so I like I like, to, I like to hear that
0: kind of thing yeah and I think when it comes to that though I think that it's you should be more doing it for yourself and not for the fact that you're going to post it I think that it's the, the most important thing is that you're getting through it because if you're not getting through the problem that you're going through, how are you gonna help someone else do it? You know, and that that's kind of something that I've learned through baseball. It was like, because I was a coach for about a year, and I was like, I'm, sh- I'm struggling with the same shit in my swing. How am I supposed to teach him this? But once I once I finally got past that, I was like, bro, I I struggled with the same thing. It's you're the reason why you're flaring out to right field is because you're dropping your shoulder and you're you're stepping out like. I learn from my mistakes to be able to help someone else. So it's not from me just journaling and being able to take all the stuff that I all the phenomenal stuff that I write down in my journal and put it into my put it into my work on Fusion Fresh. It's about me actually going through a problem, solving it, and saying, Huh, this will help this might help someone else. You know? Mm -hmm. That's that's something that that I go through with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's
1: right.
0: So one last question I have for you is you're very big into the motivation. I know you have like the, yeah, I should about water to something, bro. <laughs> yeah. um, I know you're very big in like the motivation and you're, you're huge with like the little nuggets of like quotes and everything like that. Um, what do you think about motivation being more transactional and up and down compared to being disciplined and being like, sh- like a straight line, straightforward?
1: Ooh. So, I'm going to need you to repeat that because you got me stumped <laughs> out. Of
0: it. So, yeah, okay. So, motivation, I, I feel, is very transactional. So, I can have, I can fail a bench PR and I can be very, very motivated for a week to get my bench back, back, like back up to where I wanted to get it. But after that week's done and I don't, I'm not, and I'm not currently going through that failure of, not getting that PR that I wanted, then I won't be motivated anymore. But if I have that discipline that I constantly want to improve, that I constantly want to get better, then it doesn't matter how motivated I am. It's more about, am I still going on this path to get to where I want to be?
1: Yeah, so I've always actually preferred the word discipline over motivation more because everyone always thinks motivation as, as you say, like those quotes, those little things that get you going to the gym. But discipline is more the idea of holding yourself accountable. You're the one that gets yourself in there, not motivation, not your little videos you see your videos like we'll make. Like it's not it's not all for that. You can watch through the videos and do nothing from them. If you can hold yourself and have that kind of discipline to get yourself in there, that's that means so much more than motivation. Because I, I like to say I'm a motivated person, but there are days where I do not want to go to the gym, like at all. I announce somebody wants to go. That's just because I'm not disciplined enough. I, I need to have every single day, I need to be the exact same. So I think when it comes to that kind of like exponential growth, if you don't have the discipline, your motivation means nothing. It's not going to get you anywhere. So you got to have the kind of mindset of, I'm going to go no matter the odds. I don't care if I feel bad. I don't care if I'm sick. I don't care if you just broke up my girlfriend, guy neph. I don't care about that stuff. I still got to get in and make some portion of me feel better and get better. Even 1%, 2%, a little bit better than what I used to be.
0: Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's powerful. I like that. I think that's a great way to end it. Yeah. That was good. I think you did like an hour and a half. I think that was really know, good. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Good. Awesome. Well, guys, this is Chris Jones. He has a TikTok. Is it only on TikTok? For right now, yes. Okay. On TikTok, yes. Okay. So it's Chris.Jones with two S's. Fitness. There you go. And and, um, go give them a follow. Also, if you like this podcast, make sure to give Feast and Fresh a follow. Whether it's whether you're listening on SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is, on all all platforms, go follow Feast and Fresh. And if you want to see that big surprise once we hit 10,000 followers, to be a part of it, hit that subscribe and follow button.